0: at fbcaa.org slash live. We want to thank you for listening and pray that you will be edified. Join us now as Pastor Postiff opens God's Word.
1: I wanted to share a, a, a passage that means a lot to me. It comes from the chapter in my Bible that is highlighted more than other, any other chapter. It is so highlighted I had to use different colors so that uh, I could distinguish what was special about each part. <laughs> um, I won't read the whole thing, but just uh, Isaiah 45, verse 22 and 23. Look to me and be saved all You ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is no other. I have sworn by myself the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that to me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall take an oath. So uh, we come before God as poor and needy servants. We must look to Jesus, not ourselves, And, uh, you know, uh, there's Catholics out there who think that they have something special of their own works to bring to God. They're looking to themselves. There's the the Jews um, who have not accepted Christ who are looking to themselves likewise for salvation. And uh, then there's others who are like, well, I don't believe in the God of the Bible because... um, you know there there's a lot of good people i just i just can't imagine people going to hell again that's salvation and one's own righteousness but God uh, you know where do we find where do we who do we find real truth, wisdom, and enlightenment from not our own uh self again it's not us. But God, and here's what he said He says, Look to me and be saved, all ends of the earth. Um, And, uh, you know, in John chapter 3, Jesus said that he would be lifted up. Um, Jesus said, uh, and he's talking to uh, Nicodemus here, Are you a teacher in Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven, that is Jesus, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness and so even so, must the Son of Man be lifted up? So uh, remember that brass serp- serpent that whoever God sent a plague of serpents that were poisonous serpents, people were dying from, from bites, and uh, God told Moses, make a brass serpent, lift it up, and whoever looks on that at that serpent will be healed of their snake bites. Now this is a an analogy, a symbol of Christ who is to become. And we who are dying and perishing from our sins, if we just look to him, we will be healed from our sins. Uh, That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So stop looking at yourself. Start looking at Jesus. Um, You will have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So um, I encourage every one of you to look unto Jesus. And uh, now is the time because there's coming a time, uh, we read on Isaiah 45, when every knee shall bow. Now some of us are already bowing with great joy and love, but not everyone will be bowing willingly in the end. Therefore, my brother, this is uh, Philippians 2.12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have... Oh, sorry, let me... That's not the verse I want. uh, Ah, verse 9. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. And that therefore is talking about how Jesus humbled himself and took on the form of a a servant and died for our sins. And we, this morning, as we partake of the Lord's table, we are exalting him likewise for what he has done. God has highly exalted him, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Uh, let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you as poor and needy sinners. And we just thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy. Greater love has no man shown than Jesus who died on the cross for our sins, who loved us when we were still your enemies. And uh, we pray, Lord, that uh, you would uh, renew our love and help us to exalt Christ in what we are doing this morning. And those among us who do not know you as Savior yet, We pray for mercy. Rescue them from their sins, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: One thing I thought it'd be nice as we uh, think on the Lord's table uh, this morning is to think upon a psalm that was on our Lord's mind as he was doing his work on the cross. So I would like to uh, read Psalm 22, please. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, O oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and I'm not silent, but you are holy enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, he trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him but you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on my mother's breasts. I was cast upon you from birth, from my mother's womb. You have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths, like a raging and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O oh Lord, uh, do not be far from me. Oh, my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All you offspring of Israel, for he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him, he heard, My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust shall bow before him. Even he who cannot keep himself alive, a posterity shall serve him. It will be recounted of the Lord to the next generation. They will come and declare his righteousness to the people who will be born that he Has done this so it's important that we 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 see what was on our Lord's mind as he was he was there suffering seeing how he was rejected amongst people that he came for to save them from uh, being rejected from God it's important to keep in our minds that if we reject God we will also be totally removed from God and from his blessings right now rain falls on the just and the unjust they feel his blessings now but reject him and you will not even have any even close to that so just wanted to share something that was on our lord's table on our lord's mind when he was working on the cross and just give great thanks for the suffering that he went to keep us from suffering that fate
0: i'd like you to think this morning by the way, thank you both gentlemen, Ben and Drew, for sharing those things with us. I'd like to think you to think this morning of one area in your life where you need to live more closely to the Lord. One specific practical area. Think of a regular sin, habit, pattern, addiction repeated temptation, stumbling block, fear, anxiety, what, whatever. There's something. Since I know none of us have arrived, there are some things in our lives, but select one of those that's uh, prominent in your mind right now, and I want you to let that question sink in and think about it for a moment. One thing. How can I walk better with the Lord? Now, how do you think God can help you deal with that situation? I, I didn't ask, how can you solve the problem? I asked, how can God help you to deal with that situation? How can God help you? How can God work in your life to deal with that struggle that you are experiencing. What, what, what weight do you have that so easily encumbers on the race that is set before us? The solution is not going to come by means of the flesh. It's not going to come by more effort, by higher levels of willpower, by hard work by self-denial or asceticism you recall in colossians chapter 2 that the apostle paul in verses 20 to 23 tells us that very thing that there is a a uh, real uselessness of trying to uh, these methods of flesh to solve the problems of sin in colossians 2 20 therefore if you died with christ from the basic principles of the world why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations such as he gives? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle. You know, if I just put rules, if I just put a fence, if I just put a, um, you know, uh, something you know, so I can't get to it or uh, I, don't, I can't see it on the screen or whatever, which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom and self-imposed religion, false humility and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. So self-denial, a mere self-denial or asceticism, there's no formula or trick that's going to solve your problem of the struggle with sin. And when I say these things, I don't mean to suggest that you do not use effort or willpower or self-denial, saying no to yourself as a Christian. You do use those traits, but there's something far more important, something underlying, something foundational going on underneath those things. You know, there certainly are no psychological tricks to get you to solve your, your sin problem, but there, are, there is an involvement of effort, an involvement of uh, putting yourself out there to, to, to do something about the problem. But really, underlying those things has to be the means of Christ's work and God's Spirit. The work of Christ on the cross, which we come to remember today, deals with all sin. Not just that which was past in your life, but all sin. Sin that may be trying to, you know, knock on your door and come in future. Sin that maybe is besetting you right now. Sin that was in the past, yes. The work of Christ addresses all of that. And he asks us to apply several spiritual, I don't know, how can I say, uh, attributes or qualities or actions toward this matter of sin. First of all, just like when we became a believer in Acts chapter 26, uh, the Bible says that Paul preached repentance toward God. In Acts chapter 20, verse 21, faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ, just like you initiate and get into, begin your Christian life with repentance and faith. Guess how you handle faith in non, or sin rather in an ongoing manner? With repentance toward God, with confession toward God. First John 1.9, you're all familiar with that, of course. If you're not, you should be. if We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to cleanse us from our sins and to remove that unrighteousness from us to, 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 to solve the problem of sin that we have in our, in our hearts and our lives. He's faithful and just to do that. God does cleanse if we confess. And then, and then faith toward Christ. Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, we live or I live by faith in the Son of God. As you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, in that same manner, walk in Him. The way you're going to overcome that sin that you're thinking about, that temptation, that anxiety, that whatever it is, the way you're going to overcome that is by faith in Christ. Oh, it seems very difficult, doesn't it? Hard. It's a long-standing habit or something I've fallen into and it's hard to get out of. Or, You know, He died to free you from sin, not to let you linger longer in it. So we must trust Him to guide us through the maze of life, which has sins external and sins internal that we bring along with us. By faith, we trust Him. In the moment of trial and temptation, Lord, I'm trusting You to help me trusting. I'm exercising that attribute of faith by which my spiritual life began and by which it continues. Uh, Hebrews 6.1 came to mind as I was thinking about this short topic here today. The uh, author says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, that is maturity, Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Those are the first two things. Then he talks about baptism, laying out of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. But I notice that he says the foundational elements of repentance from dead works and faith toward God are kind of the beginning of our Christian life. We don't leave them behind. We never leave them behind. We can move on to maturity, but we always have those there underneath everything, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we deal with sin in our life. But more than that, I want to say this, that we deal with that difficulty that you are thinking of in your walk with Christ by the transforming work and power of God. It's not so much what I do, but how God changes me and how in turn I think and, and, uh, and, and process things and then working out into what I do. When I, when I become a Christian, I became a different thing than I was before. One who thinks differently, who is pleased by different things, you, when you became a Christian, enjoy to serve God in righteousness as opposed to serving the flesh in sin. So something's happened inside of you so that it's not so much, well, if I just take this thing that I like, but I know I shouldn't do it, and I just kind of do something you know, about it and self-denial and asceticism and make some rules and you know, put a firewall and that sort of thing, then I'll solve the. What happens really is When you become a Christian, you become a new creature, the old things have passed away, the new things have come, and you look at that thing and you say, I don't desire that, I don't desire that. It becomes not so much a work as a transformed set of desires in your heart, and you don't want to participate in that anymore. Look to the Bible and pray about the issue to understand it better from God's perspective. You know, we're very good at at thinking and rationalizing, uh, spending time in our own musings, trying to justify ourselves and our behavior or thoughts. Well, it's not that bad, or uh, I can get away with it this time, or um, God wants me to be happy or something. Compare what you're doing with God's Word. Know the Bible inside and out on the matter. If you're struggling with some sin, anxiety, temptation of some sort, you get into the book, and you find everything that the book has to say about that issue, about the transformation that comes to a new person, and about the sinfulness of sin, about the, about the darkness of that bad thing, and about God's holiness and walking with Him. Allowing God, then, to change you so that you love what God loves, you hate what God hates, You want to do what God would do. So, for instance, if your challenge has to do with your thought life, the Bible tells us to think on things above. Stop thinking on things down here and start just turn your mind to things above. Think about God and His Word and faith in Christ. Think on things that are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and of good report. If you saturate your mind with the text of Scripture that teach you about your thinking, and by and by, the word of God will have its fruit in your life as you think on those things. And it will cleanse you as it courses through your, your thinking mind and, and give you peace and clarity about what is right and what is true. Be like-minded with your Christian brothers and sisters. Focusing on those kinds of things, you know, and if you say, well, I don't know where the Bible talks about this or that or something else. Well, you can do some research. Yeah, study, coming up to the fall here when school starts. Maybe we uh, have to do some schooling ourselves in our, own, in our own Christian lives. If you don't know, ask, look up, research, think. As you read your, in your Bible, maybe have you know that orange highlighter or yellow or pink or whatever color you like, and when you run into a verse that deals with the stuff you're struggling with, highlight it. There you go. You found it yourself in your own reading. Yes. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 2. Be transformed by the work of the Spirit from one glory to the next to the next, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 18. Those are two verses that use that metamorphosis word talk about being transformed. This began at salvation because in Ephesians chapter 4:22 to 24, Paul says, you know, you, you guys didn't learn Christ to walk in the flesh. You learned him that you would put off the old man and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man. That's what happened to you when you became a Christian person. And so that renewal is an ongoing continual renewal perhaps continuing at a greater or lesser rate dependent on your submission to Christ. And in regard to that sin in your mind that you're thinking about now that's troubling you, before salvation, you are dominated by sin and you're under its rule. But as a Christian, you are freed from sin. Jesus frees you from sin and transforms you into a servant of, well, a servant of God, but a servant of righteousness, You're not a servant of sin anymore. You are not to be brought under the power of anything as in an addiction or other habit or characteristic because Christ freed you from that. And so the table that we come to this morning reminds us of all of these things, plus a whole lot more. The table is emblematic of the work that Christ did in dying for sin, not only to pay for your sin, if you think of it in monetary terms, to take the punishment for your sin, if you think of it in ethical terms, which I think is a more accurate way of thinking about it. But he also died to free you from sin so that you could walk in newness of life. And when you really understand that, you can do what Paul talks about in Romans 6 also when he says, reckon yourselves therefore to be dead indeed to sin." I am dead to that, that life, that, you know, whatever, stuff, my old lifestyle, the sins that, that still try to grapple, you know, grab a hold of me that I'm struggling with. Really, I'm dead to that, and I need to recognize that. I need to think. I need to realize the truth of what Christ has done. So as we celebrate the table, perhaps you can think about the thing that perhaps has beset you and the need to uh, to confess before the Lord, to repent, to ask Him to help you to search the Scriptures, to be transformed by His Word so that you can walk more new than you have up until today. Let's pray. Father, thank You for the uh, time that we could spend thinking about uh, Isaiah 45 and Psalm 22 and then these portions of Scripture having to deal with the burden that I had this week to ask the church to think on something that is challenging them. And, Lord, you've set that before us today as as an opportunity to come clean, as it were, to work in our spiritual life, to trust you, to confess, to rely upon you to help us, to experience the continued transforming work of the Word of God as we're renewed in the spirit of our minds so that we would love those things that you love and we would despise those that you despise, that we would have ever new and refreshed desires that are godly. Fill us with those, I pray, today as we share the table elements in Jesus' name.